Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's that time of the week again for the show known as Reaching Out. And we're going to go a little soul path with Aretha Franklin's R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And I really don't even know if she was the one that sung it, but we're going with it because that's how we do it. We're winging it with a hope and a prayer that it's going to be a good show. So without further ado, here's the man, the myth, the legend himself, Cameron. Hello, this is Cameron, and welcome back to another episode of Reaching Out. And like Ari said, tonight's episode is about respect. Where do you think we should head off first with this? Hmm. Like, when you hear respect, what do you think about? Um, Obviously, my joke, you know, talking about the song. But yeah. Maybe admiration for people, maybe. You Googled it, didn't you? People, yes. <laughs> uh, I did. Okay, since we're we're on the whole Google thing, you want to read the first one? I do. A feeling, yep. <laughs> a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. Oh, that was like a $5 word right there. And you actually said it really good. I kind of, when I think of respect, I think of the second one. Due regard for the feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of others. Ah, like Just because I watch a lot of YouTube, this show called The World's Strictest Parent. Okay. And more, I mean, in the 90s, with the the rise of black films, um gang or not gangsters paradise what what was that movie coolio wrote the song and it it was main one but it was Ann johnson she was a school teacher she was a white lady ex-marine and she showed all the kids what it meant to be respect you know which one i'm talking about i don't know for some reason i'm thinking of a hillary swank movie freedom riders freedom riders Freedom Riders. Okay. That was one Hillary Swank was in because I absolutely love both of them. Hillary Swank was a little bit more cheesier. Okay. I think Michelle Pfeiffer pulled it off a lot better. Mm. And I know by the end of the show, I'm probably going to think of it. So if I pop out with it, but I think everybody should know if you know the t- context of the film, it plays a little bit of like, you know where I'm kind of going with this. But the new modern version is Freedom Riders. And there's a part in it where the Latino girl, like, lady, you don't know respect. You white people always want to get it when you don't deserve it. Hmm. And I think that's where I go with it because my generation, well, we're part of the same generation. We we did feel a little bit more like you you owed us respect without getting it first. It was a little bit more cocky than our generation. Yeah. Our our parents' generations. Like they our parents' generation was still that generation that worked forty hours for a company for years, didn't buck the system. My mom was kind of the outcast, the black sheep of that, because I mean she jumped jobs every five years. Yeah. Your parents, on the other hand, how long have they been with their companies? Well, my mom's been with the uh with the city of Broken Arrow uh, Police Department for over 20 years. My dad's been with his company just for a little bit. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought he was. I mean, most of the generation before us, they were a little bit more 
you earned it, where our generation more demands it. And I think that's where number two, due regard for the feelings, like you owe me more than what I owe you. Hmm. So, I mean, in that regards, I don't, I don't like our generation's view of respect. Yeah. It's something given, not so much earned. I got you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was always, I was, I was always told. Dangerous up, Minds. What? The movie. Dangerous Minds. Oh. I told you I'd shot it in the middle of <laughs> something. Uh, no, when I was growing up, I, um, I was always told to respect your elders and stuff like that. Did you ever really question that? Not really. I just, I, I thought it just said, I, I thought it just meant like, mind your manners to people older than you. <laughs> I, I didn't really, when I was little, I didn't really understand the respect part. I just thought it just meant mind your manners, be polite, stuff like that. Yeah. And that I can see where that kind of got lost in translation. Mm. I mean, if that, if that's a mentality, I mean, I can see a lot of people still having respect, but they also have a gun, you know, that double-edged sword, like, I'll respect you enough to shoot you while you're turned. I know it's a sad way of looking at it, <laughs> but I mean, it's almost like I've never really, okay, now I have. I've had some bad run-ins with the cops. Like, I was in a wreck, and I literally had the cop tell me that he came to the emergency room and there was nobody else involved. And he gave me a ticket for reckless driving and a seatbelt. And I argued with him. I was like, no, sir, I have my seatbelt on. There's no way I would have survived jumping an entire road and skidding for the way I did and not be thrown out. Yeah. He's like, you don't have a bruise. You didn't have a seatbelt on. What? You know, and some people, where I'm going with it, like, you have black people that are scared to death of cops because families got killed. Yes. So in that regard, I don't think I have a deep disrespect for cops, mm -hmm. but because of other people's stories, I don't have that respect, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's also a thing that implies somebody's level of respect for somebody, mm -hmm. you know, because you hear the horror stories you hear about, the First Amendment auditors that are now going to post offices and recording the inner workings and people are getting pissed. And like cops are like, well, you need to leave. We have all this bad imagery that is now working against. Now, some of us justified, some of us not. And I know the black community versus the police force is an extremist, extreme version of what i'm really talking about because i mean that's involving lives but i mean the ease of respect that we started with it's like very two-sided mm -hmm. like it's i don't know there's things like going back to what you said respect for your grandparents yeah do you think there's a different level like when we were we wouldn't go up to a grand grandma and flip them off no i think this generation kind of would yeah, it's just, hmm. there, there is a bit of a separation there, isn't there? And are we just going to be old fogies? Because that's what, this is the same conversation that our parents had. This just new generation is out of whack. They're doing stupid stuff. 
Yeah, I, I catch myself saying that a lot. Unfortunately, I just don't <laughs> don't get it. These new words and the lingo now. Yeah, I don't get it. Sorry, this sounds cringy, <laughs> but like lit, leak, and turnt. <laughs> yeah, but those are. I don't the, get it, man. Those are even the older ones, because now you have she. Oh, good lord. No yeah. cap. What? No cap. What is that? It's a new word. And drip. Yeah. What is drip? See, our generation, I took that as perverted. <laughs> that that's something for the ladies to do, you know. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, like, I was talking to somebody and it was like, I want that emoji on a hat, and I'm just like, that's kind of wonder. But I mean, they still, I don't know. I mean, it could be so easy to pick on people like every day picking on my kids. There's these middle schoolers that are, I swear, no, they had to be in elementary last year. And all of a sudden, like, one of them had a Spider-Man mask on, mm-hmm. telling everybody to F off. You know, just plain as day out in front of the elementary. Right. Getting dropped off in middle school. So, yeah. I mean, it could be very much an easy pick on everybody because they don't show any respect. But I think the more beneficial is, like, talking, how do you get respect? How do you lose respect? You know, that would be, because I think there's a lot of people that may... They may struggle how people treat them, and they don't understand it's a thing of respect. Yeah. Like if you, for this kid that was shouting F-bombs, if you would shut up, people wouldn't chase you. You know, maybe they're chasing you because you're mouthy. Yeah. (laughs) I went through that stage. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really my picking on the younger generation. Well, I mean... I guess you can earn respect by showing how you treat others with that respect that you expect to receive. It goes back to the golden rule. You know, treat others the way you that you would want to be treated. Yeah, but and, some people are crappy. And they treat people like crap and, how, and somehow they get respect out of that. See, and that's why I don't like the golden rule. The golden rule, I mean, if you don't know how to be treated... It, it the golden rule is set in place for good intentions, but people have twisted it. <laughs> See, that's why I started going by the newest command out of the Bible: mm-hmm. treat others as I have loved the church. I mean, the dude gave his life for the entire church. Yeah, and said, "If you, I mean, this is getting biblical, and I'm about to start a sermon, but if you deny yourself." which is putting other people first, right. you can have eternal life. But also, if you put others first, you are showing the love that Jesus had for the church. Yeah. So even if you're unbiblical, Jesus has been proven to be a man who actually lived on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. He, it is historically proven. Even if you don't believe he died and rose again, he did these amazing things. And there are people that gave first sound accounts how he put other people in front of himself. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's why I followed that rule, because it's not about me. It's not about anything I can ever do. It's about what do you need? How can I help you in the moment? Right. Putting others first before yourself. Mm -hmm. I like that. 
Now, granted, am I that way all the time? No. No. <laughs> you know, I still, it's hard to be respectful of the people that panhandle because I'm jaded in that aspect. Mm -hmm. We've had too many 2020 cover stories where they call somebody out and they get up pretending not to have the legs and they walk to their convertible and drive off. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes it a lot harder for the people who do need help. The thing is about that, I mean, whenever I worked downtown, I didn't really see the the real homeless people asking for money or panhandling. Yeah, that's the scary part. They were sleeping in the park and stuff like that. I mean, they're sleeping on the concrete benches out there and... On 41st, there was literally one guy sleeping. No, it wasn't 41st. I saw him sleeping on a light pole when there was shade. It was Riverside. That's what it was. And I was just like, he had his bike laid on the side. He had a little trailer behind that. He had all his belongings sleeping out in the middle of the sun when there was a shade spot over on Riverside. Mm. I was like, really? But I mean, each their own. I mean, the homeless people are proud people, and it does make you wonder who's the ones really panhandling. Yeah. But I will say you should you should ask for help when you need it, because that is one way to make people respect you. Mm -hmm. When you're down, you humble yourself, and you ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, which is something I'm, I, I have trouble with. I don't like asking for help. I like to try to um, exhaust all my options before I ask for help. And I'm asking this of myself, so don't think I'm just, you know, picking on you. I mean, I'm asking myself literally the same question yeah. as I'm asking you. I just don't want to. Mm, I mean, no sense not to be honest. It, it, okay, <laughs> I, I don't want to feel like I'm being a burden or making someone sacrifice some of their money that they've earned that they were saving up for something or whatever. I mean, if people able to help you out financially, I would assume that they're in a position to where they are able to. Why did your mind immediately go to money? Cause that's our problems most of the time. I well, I, I say money, but like groceries or bills or whatever. No, that costs money. Yeah. But why did you immediately go to money? Because there's been other times that you, you've needed to ask for help and you sucked it up and didn't say anything. And then it came out later in our in our conversation. Like what else? Like needing a truck. You were going to go pay. Oh, yeah. Now, albeit <laughs> 20 bucks. about that. But you were going to go a couple miles, go get a wash and dryer or washer, whatever. Yeah. Take it to your house and spend 20 bucks. I didn't even use that in gas. You know, and that, but that, that's what's sad because. We automatically go for money. Yeah. What I said was ask for help when you need it. And then you immediately, you didn't say it for a while, but it did come out that you were talking about money the whole time. Yeah. What about support when you need it? What about a vehicle when you need to go pick something up? Yeah. What about just talking to somebody on a Saturday, having a conversation with somebody in a park while happening to play bocce ball? I don't at <laughs> I don't ask people to come out and talk to me. I 
I invite them if they're able or if they're free. I don't want people to feel obligated to have to come out. Because Armando brought this up too. He's like, is, is this for you? Needing someone to talk to? Or is this for you helping people? And I, I think it's just a little both. Well, I mean, I can see after our conversations, you feel guilty. And you also <laughs> want to help. Did you get me thinking? Well, no, just, I mean, you said it. It came yeah. out of a bad spot. You yeah. didn't spend time with people. Right. So it is a little bit, you feel guilty. Yeah. I mean, you can't deny that fact, mm -hmm. but it's a burden on your heart that I think you should just say, I need you to come out and talk to me. Yeah. Because that's implying for some people, they need that a-hole in their life saying, get off your butt, come talk to me. Yeah. I'm going to meet you where you need me to be, but you have to do some work too. I'm not going to do everything for you. You said you need help. I'm here to help. Meet me halfway. Unless, of course, you happen to be the guy from Kansas that buys all your paintings. That's a little bit more. But I do know where the middle, well, if he was living in Leavenworth, I would know where the middle spot was. Just saying. <laughs> but I mean, that's a real big thing because we don't. We don't humble ourselves. And the pride comes before the fall when we need help. Yeah. And I think that uh, goes into something else. You have to say what you mean. Like how many times do you, I've always said this, I don't know any other way, pussyfooting around it. Yeah. That it's harsh enough to get your attention because you stumble around the saying. Or as a thing, whatever you're talking about, yeah. and you don't come direct. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm learning more. Like, I just helped somebody with their design logo. Mm -hmm. And they were saying all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I was like, I know I should have just said it. And now it's too late. You, you have to get to the thing. And this is going back. I need you to come talk to me on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. Is there something wrong with you being direct and saying, I need you to be here to talk to me? To me, if I were to say that, it would it, it seems like it would sound desperate. And I, I don't want to come off as desperate and begging for someone to come talk to me. I mean, <sighs> would that be, will you come talk to me? And I don't know how we got on to your, to the reaching out being the example, but I mean, this is a perfect example. Yeah. Because how do you say it? Do you, I need you to come talk to me. Yeah. Or I want you to come talk to me. Mm -hmm. Or will you come talk to me? Three different areas. And I think one of them demands respect. Yeah. And that's how it falls into the thing. Because you're telling people, I've been there. I'm going through it. I need you to come talk to me so we can work this out. And showing somebody mutual respect and allowing them just lower down the wall. Mm. And I think that's what's important is them coming to you. And I'm not just talking about reaching out. Yeah. Anything. If you're in an argument, you come to them, they come to you, you meet in the middle and you hash it out. But it's the same way with reaching out. They have a problem or you have a problem. You come together and you talk about it and allow them to heal. Yeah. You know? I got you. And that's what I mean kind of with the whole say with what you mean. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, you know, 
I don't think it's really weeny or, you know, pathetic or whiny or any other way. I think it's just saying, I need you to talk to me. Yeah. It's allowing them to say how adamant you are. What do you think on that? Because this isn't about me and this isn't about reaching out, but really on meaning what you're saying. Yeah. And how much power words actually have. I really like that. Uh, I didn't even think about it like that. I just, I mean, what I say is. Don't think about it. Just I'm here for anyone and everyone. And I'm here. Uh, come see me if you're free or available or interested. Uh, and this is putting you on the spot. I and, mean, and at the end, I say, I, I, I usually say, I can't wait to see who comes up next. Ooh, that's like a whole wrestler thing. Who's next? Who's next? <laughs> or it could go Ariana Grande. Thank you. Next. <laughs> but I mean, there is power in words. Yeah, I mean, it. It. I, I don't. I don't think it hurt if I just came out and said, "Hey, I need. I need someone to come talk to me." Yeah. You know, uh, I like that. I don't think it's that pushy. It, it's not aggressive sounding. It's just. Just sounds like. I'm I'm wanting someone to talk to. I'm wanting to help. And the beautiful thing is, if you miss the mark, another way to gain respect is addressing the community saying, I didn't do something right. I mean, literally, admit to your mistakes will gain a whole lot of... I mean, you could trigger somebody's PTSD or something like that. Like, there, I was watching one show, and just the fact that fireworks go off on July 4th for a week and a half. He checks himself into a military hospital. He doesn't he he doesn't hold it against everybody. Nobody knew what he was going through, but he had been through Vietnam and around July 4th he would voluntarily check in so he didn't go off on anybody. He oh, became wow. a pacifist. He wouldn't go off on somebody if they if they were loud. Yeah. You know, that's the beautiful thing. I mean, he addressed it, you know, he, I wouldn't say he admitted mistakes, but I mean, you're, you're just going to miss a mark sometimes. Yeah. Or something's going to happen where you're going to offend somebody without even trying. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you just shot off one M80, I mean, how are you supposed to know that it's a trigger for him? Yeah. And all of a sudden like something bad happens. But if you're a man about your word, you know, just by triggering somebody because you said, I need you to talk to me. You can admit your mistake and actually gain more respect out of it. Yeah. And then hopefully it'll lead to being able to laugh at yourself. You know, if you if you do have to admit your mistakes between you and that person later, you can make a joke out of it. Yeah. And that always lightens the mood, allows more respect to be gained. You know, you remember that one time and like and it's funny how over time you kind of over embellish it. Yeah, like it becomes a bigger fish story than it started out to be. Mm -hmm. Man, I've heard stories about me. I, it's weird because I don't know. I've heard stories about me being crazy at parties. Never been to a party. <laughs> Never got invited to parties in high school or anything like that. Really? Yeah. Uh, stories about me getting in fights and stuff like that. Never been in a fight in my life. I mean, that, that kid punching me in the nose because I told him I liked his sister. That doesn't count. <laughs> well, plus, you were like, what, six? Yeah, I was like five or six. 
<laughs> but no, man. Um, and you have to laugh at it sometimes. Yeah. Because somebody swears up and down that you did it. And you have no clue. Right. <laughs> I think it's funny because not me at all. Yeah, I don't take you for a fighter. I'm not. Or I'm not, getting rowdy like that. No. I, I mean, most I ever did was hang out with a group of friends over at my buddy's house and we we did stupid stuff uh after after watching jackass so <laughs> Nothing. have you ever been in a mosh pit even yes i have i don't think at any of the concerts we've been to i've seen you no because i stay out of them now <laughs> <laughs> no i i mean well i think the last mosh pit i was in was drowning pool over at the other side in tulsa uh, last thing I remember, this guy caught an elbow to the face, his head whipped back and hit me right in the mouth. And I guess it was just blood going down my chin and everything. And people were like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, you're bleeding like a lot. So I go to the bathroom, my chin and my mouth is just covered in blood. So I still Did got you at least get a cool picture out of it. I didn't get a picture, but I got a scar. <laughs> yeah, but now you have facial hair. Yeah, my the, the soul patch area covers it up a little bit. Uh but no, I, I got I got that memory though. I didn't get a picture though. I need to find that. We were in a wrestling match and one of the guys like he was the only one that always happened to. His nose just like barely gets hit, he said, and he's just gushing blood like Andrew WK's album cover oh yeah it was impressive (laughs) i mean professional wrestlers like the wwe kind they'll actually take blades and like cut themselves (laughs) we were joking it's like one day you're going to look like that and sure enough in one of our first legal state legal oklahoma wrestling matches his nose exploded open golly i have the picture somewhere So, I mean, that was kind of cool, though. I mean, everybody everybody showed kindness towards you, you know? Yeah. You had you inadvertently got your chin busted open, and everybody's like, you all right? That's what's funny about metalheads. They, they tend to care more than other people. Right. If you get knocked down in a mosh pit, people will help you up. And then they start pushing you around again. <laughs> but we want to make sure none of our... Uh, fellow metalheads are on the ground. No one wants to get stomped on. We just need you back up so we can push you around some more. And that's also amazing when you, like, when you belong to a subgenre, those people tend to show you more respect. Mm. Like, they'll stick up for you. Punks, emos, goths, metalheads. I mean, if you look a certain way, it's almost like you're united because you look different. Yeah. I can still remember walking in churches, and I literally had an entire church staff two years later say, hey, when you first walked in, we didn't let let you know this, but we were all staring at you. I was like, I know. I kind of figured. Yeah. And they all apologized. I mean, from not the pastor. He was, I don't know. It was something different, but the youth pastor, the praise and worship leader, and a couple more apologized to me. So it was pretty cool to, like, even though they judged me when I first walked in, they saw a different side and they showed kindness and they 
allowed me to earn their respect. Yeah. Even though in my mind, I should have had it already just because I walked in their stupid church. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not because I've like showed you entered into the, your graces. Yeah. I mean, you respect somebody. You don't go up to them. Now I'm not saying like, I don't kind of stand off and like you're bigger than me. I mean, there's not a lot of people, six foot, 300 pounds. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, you should show people respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me and my buddy, uh, we we went to um, uh, youth group on Wednesdays after school, and we'd be wearing our trip pants with our band shirts and just dressed in all black and everything, going to youth group, and nobody talked to us, and we were just we just sat in the back by ourselves. I mean, we only had one friend, and he was like the sound guy, mm. but that's that's about it. See, that's what's sad. There was a lot of judgment during the 90s and 2000 youth groups. Yeah. But, of course, we both grew up in Oklahoma. So, I mean, we were in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Yeah. But, I mean, that did lead to a lot of people. When you do stick around, do you feel like a lot of people were had their minds changed once they found out who you were and what you were about? In that youth group? Youth group, yeah. life your jobs, anything. I mean, that's kind of where I'm going. Like when, oh. when people got to know you, you earned their respect yeah. and you were able to change their mind. Yes. I have this natural disposition. Uh, I look mad, I guess, wherever I go. <laughs> yeah. I got that from my dad. He, he looks grumpy too. RBF, resting B face. Oh, yeah. A man can have it too. It's an equal opportunity world. Yeah, it's. I I guess I look mad whenever I walk around or something. Joanna, she makes sure to let me know about it all the time. I'm not mad. It's just how my face sits. And I think honestly, being a bigger guy too. I mean, that's a negative in a lot of people's minds. Mm. If you don't have a smile and a cheerful disposition, when they see a girth, they're like. Why are you so angry? <laughs> Gravity. <laughs> That's true. No. You'd uh, be mad too if you had to walk around 300 pounds. Uh, but no, I mean, people have told me before that they, they didn't talk to me initially because they thought I was mad or grumpy or I didn't like them or something like that. And I eventually, I don't usually talk to new people. <laughs> at work for at least okay over at the hotel anyway yeah i don't usually talk to them for the first week or so yeah high turnover rate exactly uh we've had a lot of people who don't even make it through training before they just up and leave so i i don't that was me and target <laughs> i i don't sit there and talk and make friends with people who just up and leave and i never see them again I give it the two weeks and then I start opening up and talking and were uh, you ever honest with anybody? Oh yeah, I told them. They're like, Oh, okay. I thought you were just mad at me or just didn't like me or something. I'm like, no, I was just saying if you'd hang around. <laughs> but no, some of my best friends uh uh have come from hotels and stuff like that. Jobs in general. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean you're around it so much. I mean 
honestly, at my jobs for the past decade, I mean, I was working 50, 60 hours. I mean, that's more time than I spent with my wife. You know, that was, there was literally days because of that job that I did not see my kids. Yeah. So, I mean, I was around my boss more than anybody else. Yeah. And it sucked even worse when they didn't even start to like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, I, they we get to talking and we um, form, like, I guess, like a friendship or a, a relationship or whatever. And um, kumbaya, symbiotic family. Yeah. Just um, and it gets to the point where we've been around each other so much and we've talked so much that we can start or I can start anyway, uh, opening up about what's going on in my life and stuff like that. I don't, I don't share everything, but well, neither should you. No, some people don't need to know like deep, dark secrets. No, not at all. Uh, I, I don't go that far either. It's just and especially not sharing them on a podcast that at least people can hear. Yeah. Some people just end up being those people that you can talk to, you know, eventually. But I And it's the ones you respect the most that you work with mm-hmm. that just listen to you. Yeah. They always do their best to listen well. Yeah. And the same vice versa. You you will find people respect you a whole lot more if you just shut your mouth and listen. Yeah. And plus you hear a lot more juicy gossip. That's the only good thing I like about the running managers at my apartment complex that I've had. Like, we've impressed them enough where they talk crap on everybody else to us. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And our newest one just came in from Houston, and she she's used to, like, a bigger team. Mm. Like, the apartments was, like, 18, 20 buildings with, like, 9 to 12 units per building. Golly. So she had a team of like four or five people doing the same thing she's doing by herself now. Yeah. So now it's kind of, you know, gaining her trust and then using that leverage against her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you do gain respect when you listen to people. Yeah. And then hopefully one day you can see the good in everything and everyone. That's the goal. Yeah, that goal got lost on me years ago. Yeah. I, I think... I think it got lost in my depression. I still try to see the good in people, and even that guy at work. I'm. Oh, I got. I got to really look. <laughs> but no. But is he still just tolerable? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't said anything to me. I haven't said anything to him except for good morning. Yeah. That's it. Does he say anything? Side eye. <laughs> That's about it. A head nod. Nothing. Maybe a slight nod. You got to at least in Oklahoma do the nod. Yeah. Or my favorite, when you're driving, the two fingers up off the steering wheel. Yeah. And then just sitting, <laughs> what up? <laughs> and if you really like somebody, you'll do the full wave. Yeah. I usually, <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Uh, I just go with the full wave for everybody. <laughs> if, if I mean, if it's people on my street, I usually do the full wave. I don't know three people on our street, but I give everybody the full wave. <laughs> At least you don't give them just the full finger. Yeah. I mean, that is alternative. Going going around telling people they're number one. Yep. <laughs> no. Um, however, when our cat went missing, I did talk to a lot of the neighbors I had never like personally introduced myself to before. And but, now you know them all? 
I still don't. But uh, <laughs> I don't know their names. They don't know my name. But they they've seen me. They've seen my kids. Uh, they know we're friendly. One Almost way ran over your kids once. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I when they were outside, I'd walk up and say, "Hey, have you seen this orange cat with a black collar and stuff like that?" And they're like, "Oh no, she all right?" Because that cat's super social. She'll go up to anybody, rub up on them, let them pet her, stuff like that. Mm. Super friendly cat. So it's like the community cat. Uh, but everybody knew exactly who I was talking about. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a good thing. I mean, they're like, oh, she's so sweet. I hope nothing bad happened to her or something, something like that. I hope nobody's grilling her. No, she, she ended up getting stuck in someone's garage. Sure. Got stuck. Yeah. Well, she wandered in there, and the guy didn't know she was in there, and he shut the door on her. And she went through the crawl space and ended up under another guy's vent, started meowing. <laughs> but no, it, it was nice to see everybody cared, and they say, hey, if we see her or anything like that, we'll come up and we'll we'll let you know. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a bit of respect there, too. I mean, everybody was looking out and... Giving credit where credit's due. Yeah, I mean, everybody was willing to help out. Have the whole community involvement. And giving respect does not mean you have to be like buddy-buddy and talk right. to them. I mean, oh, here, your neighbor, here's a plate of brownies. You know? <laughs> yeah. That that was back in the day. Like, I know, I go through spurts here. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Two or two bedroom, I believe, on this entire building. One of them happened happened to be maintenance, and I also lived here for ten years. So I mean, it comes and goes. But right now, I pretty much know everybody, like even from the old people to the stoners, to the even the people that keep to themselves. Like we all know each other and are usually outside at the same time and are talking. Okay. Yeah. The only issue I have is the potheads are now getting more adventurous. Like they're leaving their plates outside, their pipes. And it's legal in Oklahoma, so guess what? I get a smell at all times hours. Yeah. Man, I went outside earlier on my way here. I smelled outside. I'm like, good lord. I noticed my neighbor wasn't there. I'm like, okay, it's a skunk then. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me a little bit more worried. I didn't know where he was. <laughs> Our street's pretty dark. Uh, a lot of my neighbors don't have their porch lights on, so it gets pretty dark out there. We have no choice here. Like, our porch lights are lit up. Okay. Which is bad, but, I mean, we don't have any trick-or-treaters. We're coming up on Halloween. Yeah. But all our porch lights are on. You would think we'd have whole neighborhoods coming to trick-or-treat here. Real quick access. Nope. We haven't had trick-or-treaters in, like, 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even know if people go by that, you know, have your porch light on and off if you're trick-or-treating. Oh, we when we take the boys, um, if there are porch lights on, they'll go up there. If not, we'll skip it. Well, I mean, that's what I kind of mean. I don't know how many people, like, there's been a lot over the cu- past couple of years that will go up, their lights on, we'll wait, knock, nobody comes. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean... It's just weird, and I mean, that's that's another little sign of respect. I know it sounds stupid, 
but going with tradition. Like you don't, don't be a jerk to little kids that want candy and leave your light on. You know? Yeah. That just sounds stupid. Like if you if you don't want to participate, leave your light off. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little signal. Or in general life, no soliciting sign on your door. Yeah. Why not? Unless you do, I'm gonna come a knocking. Yeah. And I tell you what, there's uh, with delivering food to some of these neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. There was one neighborhood that you had to get into the first gate. And then once you got into that, every house had their own gate. And then once you got in that gate, it was like the coolest front porch ever. (laughs) And they were like see-through gates, but they were like seven, eight foot high. And you could see through them, though, like iron, cast iron rod or whatever. The bars. And they were like the coolest porches. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like a um, Cuban, like, patio, that type of scenario. Oh. In the middle of Tulsa, I I probably couldn't take you back to it if I had tried. But, I mean, there is a lot of little communities like that. That's cool. There's one in Broken Arrow. It's an entire, it's not a cul-de-sac because you can't turn around in the middle. Mm. But there's this giant pond, and it's a circle drive. And there's only, like, seven to eight houses in this area. But, like, you have to get into the gated community to see this. Oh. Never mind. I was thinking, like, Swan Lake off of uh, Utica. Right. I believe it's between 91st and 101st. Okay. Either on Aspen or Elm. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking, like, Utica between 51st and 21st. Oh, and then there's other ones across from Oral Roberts. Once you get in the gate, it's a one-way street, and there's no cars. On this one-way street. Oh. Like, there's just, like, really cool porches and stuff. And then you go around, and the entire one-way around the backside of each one is all the driveways and parking and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Have you seen, um, God, what is it called? There's a small little retirement neighborhood. Uh, over by Mingo? 81st Mingo? No, over by 61st in Elm. Uh, Baptist Village, I think it's called. Yeah. That's a cool little neighborhood. Little houses and everything. They don't have... Well, I think all their drive... Like you said, all their driveways and stuff like that like are in the back of the house. But yeah. on the main street and everything, it's just little sidewalks going up to the front door and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a cool little neighborhood for, for the older folks. I like. I've had to drop a few people off over there. That's kind of fun just to go by... Not trying to be anything that they're not, you know. And some of these houses aren't that big. I mean, the one, the circle drive one with like the eight or nine, these are like multi-million dollar houses or at least over a half a million dollars. Yeah. But the ones that I guarantee you, their apartments or something, the ones with the one way and then circle around and they were smaller like condos. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. There was a condo that was three stories over in Jinx. That was absolutely cool. Like the first story was all the garages, and then you had second, and third story living areas. Oh. So you had your garage, you had a doorway walking up to the second and third floor. Mm-hmm. It was just really cool. Okay. Even in that, I mean, having knowing who you are helps you gain respect amongst your neighbors, and you're able to, like, some people just buy a house to get a house. Mm hmm. But in life, the whole respect thing, it goes to show you 
when you know who you are, you know who you are, and you're able to work within those parameters. Yeah. So before we depart on this issue of respect, yes, the singer so gracefully sings R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Do you have any phenomenal parting words for us on this episode? And it doesn't have to be phenomenal. You can just spew forth something that means a lot to you. Respect. Find out what it means to me. Yeah. I've been told before, if you you want respect, you got to give respect. Why not just give respect anyway, despite whether you get it in return? I treat everybody the same. I'm friendly. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Just respect. It's it just in the way. Just be nice to people. Just the, that's that's the bottom line. Be nice. That's. <laughs> and sometimes in life it has to be that simple. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. No. Just be nice. Just be nice. Show respect. Right. It's like as soon as some people move out of their parents' house, they. They just forget all the lessons that they've been taught. They think they deserve it. It's just, I've always carried my parents' lessons that they've taught me along with me, and it's got me where I am today. Just always treat everybody nicely and with respect. That's that's all. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just be nice. Behave. (laughs) So what's your thoughts on this show? On this episode. On this episode? This was a rough one. It was a rough one. Um, I like the last one. <laughs> the last one went very well. Um, I don't know. I, I came up with this topic this week. and uh, You came up with last week's, too. Give credit where credit's due. Regret? Yeah. That was Joanna's. Oh, okay, fine. It was a Weiss. My bad. <laughs> no, I... I I probably should have done a little more thinking about it. But respect is something that needs to be practiced every day, though. Practice what you preach. Right. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit more word vomit this week. Yeah. Stumbling through stuff. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, at times, I I really don't think I deserve it. And so that's why I kind of... I went through a whole article this episode, if you couldn't tell. There were some words that just kind of stuck out. Yeah. And that's because I do need help. I mean... We all need that lift up mm-hmm. and respect. When you don't think you deserve it, you need to find help on how to show it and how to receive it. Yeah. Because that's another thing we didn't even really talk about it, how to receive respect. I mean, I know that sounds like an interesting topic, and I think it is. Yeah. Because it does take grace to receive respect and have that knowledge of how to treat somebody that has given you all they can. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, this has been another week of Reaching Out. And if you have anything to reach out about, go to reachingoutwithcameron.com, leave comments. You have all the socials there. Anything you want from leaving a comment to show ideas, you can also go on the Facebook page, Reaching Out, um, type it up. There's a fan page and a group. If you get into the group, it's a little bit more intimate and a little bit more personal. You're able to interact with people. You're able to leave comments that Camo himself will respond to. That has been our show. You've had one more week with RA Create. And Camo. And until next week.
KSITJ. Break. Break.